Hey, I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. In this talk, we pick up on part two of our four-week teaching series, What Lies Beneath. This week, we unpack Jonah chapter two, where Jonah finds himself inside the fish, crying out to God and is completely desperate. Eric does a great job as he parallels this with our lives and talks about how God sees, hears, and rescues us. Well, good morning. How is everyone so far? Good. It's great to have you here at Valley Point. And one of the things that we really get fired up around here about is Love Week. And we are actually right now in the middle of Love Week and the opportunities are beginning to roll. And this is kind of your last day to walk out into the lobby and sign up for a Love Week event. And this is a very simple thing. It's a very simple process. This is actually our chance. It's our opportunity to go serve and love the communities and the people around us. And we've tried to make this as simple as possible. And there are all kinds of things that you can do just to let our communities know that we exist for them and we care about them. And here's the challenge. Here's the encouragement. I think it would be fantastic if everybody in here walked out and signed up for at least one Love Week event. And I'm convinced that you're going to do that. So I'm actually going to take a little bit of time and just tell you about some of the opportunities that are still available. Because some of them are done. Some of them are all filled up. So those chances are gone. But there are some things that we still need. So I'm going to talk to you about this for just a few moments. And I know you're going to rush out. You might even rush out while I'm talking. And that would be okay. You go for it. Do whatever you need to do. And let's fill these events up. And it's just going to be a fantastic week for us. So one of the opportunities we have in front of us is this Wednesday, we're actually going to serve a meal to the Hilltop Elementary staff. And we have a few teachers who work there. There's 50 staffers, 50 teachers, and we're going to serve them and we're going to let them know we're excited about what they're doing for our kids in this community. So you can go out and you can sign up to serve. You can actually go to the school on that day and we need people to do that. But even if you can't participate during the day, like you're working and you have other things that you need to do, you can actually sign up to deliver food for that. So nobody's off the hook here. As a matter of fact, one of our greatest needs for that day is baked ziti. Now, I actually have baked ziti right here in my hands, and it smells wonderful. And I'm going to give this out. So who wants baked ziti? Who wants it? All right, right here. Ron, Chuck, whoever, somebody. Here we go. Here we go. He's got it. Oh, he took your job. All right, go ahead and deliver that. Wait, where are you going? Right over here. All right, so just know you should always come to Valley Point because you might be able to walk out with lunch, right? Good job. It's yours. You keep it. It's yours. Have a wonderful lunch. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> That's one of the things that you can sign up for. And you can make big ziti. They need other food stuff. So you can sign up for that. And that'll be a great way for you to connect with our community. There are some other things that we're doing. We're actually partnering with the Delaware County Pregnancy Center. And we've got these little bottles out in the lobby and inside the bottle is a sheet of paper. 
On the sheet are all the things that they need, the supplies, baby items. And you can pick up one of these bottles. You can do whatever you want with the bottle. I don't care. It doesn't matter. But take that sheet out. You can go and buy these supplies. You can bring them back next Sunday, drop them off right here in the lobby, and we'll be sure that they get all that they need. So I'm going to throw out some bottles because I don't want anybody to be left out. There you go. Be sure if you want to participate in the Delaware Pregnancy Center, you can buy stuff, bring it back, and that'll be wonderful. Now, tomorrow is Halloween, right? Feels more like Christmas, I think, but it's actually Halloween. And you are going to have people who come right to your door, right? The neighborhood's coming to you. This is so easy. It's so simple. We've put packs together of invite cards. And when you hand out candy, you can actually give this out too. And who knows that somebody that you deliver this to might check out valleypointchurch.com and they might come and enjoy what happens here. So they're out at the table. You can grab them. This is an easy, easy thing to do. The other item is this box itself. We've partnered with Urban Promise in Wilmington, and they are a great ministry that are serving kids and families. And we've done this for a few years where we take boxes like this and we fill it with a Thanksgiving meal. And we bring these boxes back with the items and the lists are there for you. You can take a box like this, go fill it, bring it back next Sunday or even the Sunday after that. And we'll deliver these to Urban Promise and you'll know that a family on Thanksgiving Day is going to have a great meal. And this is one of the things that you can do to have real significance in our community. So Love Week is for everybody. And even if you can't be at an event during the day, there are things that you can buy. There are boxes that you can fill. There's stuff that you can drop off right here. And we want to encourage everybody to participate in Love Week because this might be the thing. I mean, think about it. It might be the thing that potentially just changes your life as you serve others and give away something that you have. So get out there after the uh, experience this morning. And even if you're here for the very first time, there's Love Week stuff for you and that'll be great. Now, let me tell you about next week, next Sunday, because I'm really excited about this event. If you can't do anything during the week, just doesn't work for you, You've got stuff going on. That's all good because next Sunday, we're going to actually shorten our service. Now, a lot of times when I say that, people cheer because they like when they get out earlier, but we're going to shorten it for a reason. And that's because we want to uh, dismiss everybody to go to the Acme and Glen Mills and we're set up with them. We've partnered with them. We've got a bunch of non-perishable food items that we're going to buy. And we're going to worship, we're going to teach next week, and then you get to go with your family or with a friend or with whoever, and you get to shop and experience this together. Our whole church, we're just going to bomb Acme, and it'll be marvelous. We'll have a great time over there. They've opened up some extra lanes for us so we can make this as fast as possible. And then we're going to take those non-perishable food items, and we're going to bring them back to the Bethel Road campus, put them on a truck, and they're going to be delivered to a food pantry in Delaware County that is serving people in need. So it's a very simple thing. You can come next week and you'll be able to jump out and buy some things. And it's going to be a great event in the life of Valley Point. So there's something for everybody. You consider what God wants you to do and jump in and have a great time. Does that make sense? Wonderful. Before we jump into Jonah chapter 2... 
I'd like to invite you to pray with me. Father, we are so thankful for today and for the opportunity we have to just be here and to respond to you and your greatness. And you're an amazing God who allows us to serve you and to impact the lives of others. And God, I believe this is going to be a great week in the life of our church as we just go, serve, and love. Pray that you'd use us in great ways to impact and touch the lives of others. God, as we take a little bit of time now and walk through this great chapter in Scripture, I pray that you'd help us to be open, help us to be ready to learn from what Jonah experienced, and then use that in our lives today. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in this series right now called, What Lies Beneath? And we're walking through a book in Scripture called Jonah. Now, last week, we looked at Jonah chapter 1. And here's the quick summary of what happened to Jonah in chapter 1. God came to Jonah, who's a prophet. He's a guy who works for God. And God said, I have a job for you. I want you to go to the great city of Nineveh, this amazing city. There's all kinds of people there. And I want you, Jonah, to tell them to change because they're kind of in trouble They're not making me happy and they need to change. And I want you to deliver that message to the city of Nineveh. And Jonah thought about it for a second and said, no, not going there. I don't like Nineveh. I don't like the people there. I don't like anything and everything they stand for. I'm out. I am not going to Nineveh. No, no, no to Nineveh. And Jonah said, as a matter of fact, I'm going to go completely the opposite direction. I'm going to go to the port of Joppa. It's not even close to Nineveh. I'm going to run to this port and there I'm going to hop on a ship and it's going to take me even further away from Nineveh. It's going to take me to the city of Tarshish. And that's where I'll hang out because I am not going to Nineveh. This is what Jonah did. This is what happened. Well, as we worked our way through Jonah chapter 1, we found out that as soon as he got on that ship, God sent a great storm, a huge storm. And everybody's trying to figure out, why are we in this great big storm? And we're not going to make it. We're not going to survive. And they're throwing stuff off the ship so that they can keep it afloat. And finally, they come to the conclusion that somebody on this ship has a problem. There is some God somewhere who's angry at somebody here. And they discovered it was Jonah. And they're like, what are you doing? You've created all of this. And Jonah said, you're right. I'm that guy. And I don't like my life. I'm not that happy with God. As a matter of fact, I just want to die. So pick me up and throw me into the ocean. And that's what they did. They picked him up and they threw him in the sea. And the storm stopped. Chapter 1 ends with this statement. But God prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And the fish swallowed him, and Jonah spent three days and three nights inside of a great big fish. I am not making this stuff up. You can go to Jonah chapter 1, and you can discover it all for yourself. That's exactly what happened in chapter 1. 
Today we're going to unpack Jonah chapter 2, where Jonah finds himself inside of the whale. And there he's lonely and broken and desperate and in need of being rescued. So let me ask you this. Have you ever needed to be rescued? Maybe not from being inside of a fish, but have you ever needed to be rescued at all? It happened to me a couple of weeks ago. One of the privileges I have as a pastor is that I get to marry people. And it's really an honor to spend a significant day with a couple who's giving their lives away to each other. And that's just kind of a cool thing that I get to do, and I really enjoy that. So a couple of weeks ago, I was invited to participate in this wedding. And it was up in the Poconos. And since we moved here, I had never been up in the Poconos, just had never made that trip yet. So I'm like, this is a great excuse. I get to go up to the Poconos, and we're going to have this great day, and it's going to be wonderful, and it will be something that I'll remember for a very long time. It was about 80 degrees that day, much better than today. And I knew it was going to be fun. It was an outdoor wedding on the side of a mountain. And when I got there, the view was spectacular. Just amazing. It was all very romantic. The ceremony went off without a hitch. No weirdness, nobody fainting, nobody threw up or any, you know, none of that. It was just a, a great, great ceremony. And then the reception happened, and that was all a lot of fun, and it was time for me to return home. And so I got in my car, and I turned on my GPS, and I started to make my way down the mountain. It was pitch black at this time. And I realized that I had no idea where I was at. I couldn't see anything. There were no lights, no houses. I'm just kind of out there on this side of a mountain. And I look at my GPS, and it is dead. I mean, no signal Nothing. So I did what any man would do in that type of situation. I just kept on driving because eventually the road will take you to civilization and you'll be fine. I mean, that's just the way it works. So I kept driving, but it got darker and there were no lights, no homes. As a matter of fact, I stopped on the road at one point and there was tons of deer all around me. I thought I was in a field or something. GPS is still dead. So I pulled out my phone. I thought I'll just use the map on my phone and that'll all be good. Except my phone had no signal. AT&T couldn't even find me. Nobody knows where I'm at. And now all of a sudden it occurs to me, I could be in trouble here. I'm on the side of a mountain. I have no idea where to go. And so I just kept driving, did a few right turns, did a few left turns. I'm circling more deer, more darkness, more prayers now to God to bail me out of this. And I finally came back to the lodge where the wedding happened. I have no idea how I got there. It just appeared all of a sudden. And I ran inside and I found the guy behind the desk and I said, get me off this mountain. And he drew me a wonderful map and I was rescued and it was a great feeling. Have you ever needed to be rescued? Well, maybe it's not a physical thing like that. But maybe it's being rescued from a habit. I mean, something that just kind of hangs on to you and you've tried to kick it out and you've tried to shake it loose, but it just won't go. And you'd love to be rescued from that. 
Maybe it's being rescued from the past. And that just haunts you because of what's there. And you'd love to be rescued from that. Maybe it's being rescued from a relationship gone bad or a marriage that feels empty or a job that is meaningless and just doesn't fulfill. Maybe it's being rescued from financial stress. That's a real thing that just kind of bogs you down and you'd love to be free from that. Maybe it's being rescued from a disconnect from God. There's no serious problem there, but that connection isn't strong and You'd love to be rescued from that and have that dynamic friendship with God that you once had, like to have that back. Maybe it's being rescued from a dark place that you're in right now and you're there and it's tough. Here's our big idea for today. It's what we're really gonna try to uncover and that is God can bring order into my world of chaos. He can. This is totally possible for God. He is able to bring order into my world of chaos. And so what we're going to do today is we're simply going to walk through Jonah chapter two. We're going to read the story and we're going to make some simple observations. Now, Jonah chapter two is unique because it probably speaks to three different groups that are in this room right here. Here's group number one. It's those who love God. I mean, you're here and you would say, you love God. You're a believer. That is not a doubt in your mind at all. But your relationship with God is kind of, uh, I mean, it's there, but it's kind of not what you want it to be. That's group number one. Here's group number two. It's those of you who are down and you're empty and lonely and broken, and you get what that feels like, and you know you're just in a dark place. Here's group number three. It's those who have yet to fully trust God. Like you're kind of here, and you're trying out the God thing. You're kicking the tires a bit, but you're not so sure that God is who he claims to be. Jonah chapter two uniquely speaks to all of those groups, and it has something to say. So we're gonna look at these simple observations. And I want to let you know that these are things you probably know. These are things that you've probably heard before. There's nothing new here, but we've got to look at this stuff and we've got to think about it. But because before Jonah chapter three, before we get to that and before we can enjoy that, we have to walk through Jonah chapter two. So allow the familiar to rescue you. Allow what you already know to help you out. I've discovered that a lot of times people want new information. Like, give me something new that'll really help me out and I can embrace that and that's gonna be the thing for me that's gonna set my life on a whole new path for God. I need something new. I think the reality is if we acted on what we already know, we'd be in great shape. So we're gonna look at some stuff we already kind of know. And I want you to allow the familiar to rescue you. And if you've never heard of this stuff before, if you've never considered this, then I think God has a very unique message for you that'll fill you with hope and help you experience being rescued. So here's observation number one. 
In my world of chaos, God hears. This is what God does. He hears in the chaos. So here's chapter two, verse one. It says, then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God from inside the fish. And this is kind of a significant statement because remember he's running, he's kind of all over the place and he's finally swallowed. And now, well, I'll pray because I'm not sure if I know what else to do. So he prays and he said, verse two, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead. And think about this. He's inside of a fish. There's probably all kinds of dead things roaming around in there. It's a little bit nasty. And so he offers up this prayer. I'm calling to you from the land of the dead. And Lord, you heard me. You heard me. Now here's the crazy thing about Jonah. God used so many things in his life to get his attention. When you think about what happened in chapter one, God used the captain of the ship. He used the sailors. He used the storm. And he used the fish to get Jonah's attention. Like, wake up, follow me, do what I want you to do. You can avoid all of this. But Jonah never looks God's way until chapter two. He never picked up the clue phone that was ringing until he's inside of the fish. And what is that even like? I mean, fish are nasty enough on the outside, right? Imagine what it's like on the inside and imagine the smells. But even with all of that, Jonah knows. I mean, he just knows. God hears. God hears. God hears. And in the middle of death swarming around me, God hears. God hears. And in the darkness and in the loneliness and in all of the brokenness, God hears. And no matter what you're walking through in life, hear this. No matter what you're walking through in life, it doesn't matter because it'll probably never be as bizarre as what happened to Jonah. God will hear. God hears. This is just what he does. And this is really good news. Here's observation number two. In my world of chaos, God sees. In my world of chaos, God sees. Now, we pick up here. In verse three, it says, you threw me into the ocean depths and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me and I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. And then I said, oh Lord, you have driven me from your presence. See, even here, Jonah has an awareness that God has done this. God's been trying to get my attention. God is behind all of this. You've, you've driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. And I sank beneath the waves, and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. And I think Jonah also knew here that even in the middle of all that, God does see me. He's aware of where I'm at, and he hasn't lost sight of me at all, because God sees it's really interesting when we see pain, what happens to us and how that marks us 
and how that changes us. When we observe that and see that and take it in, it is a remarkable thing. About a year ago, I had a chance to travel to Nicaragua. And when I got to Nicaragua, I remember the stuff that I saw there. I saw extreme poverty and homelessness. I saw young children with no parents and with nothing to own. I saw pain. And what you see marks you. And you don't forget that, and it leaves an impression in your heart and in your life. This past summer, I had the chance to travel with one of our teams from Valley Point to Russia. And when I got to Russia, I saw some things there that just marked me. I saw pain, and I saw children who had no parents at all, just nothing. I saw devastation. I got to go to a hospital and I saw a set of twins there. And both of these twins had had multiple operations on their legs because their legs just didn't move in the right direction and they needed all kinds of care. These twins had all kinds of problems with their eyes and they both had had multiple eye surgeries. And I remember visiting them in the hospital in a place that looked like it was from 1910 and you wonder how in the world are they going to get the kind of care that they actually need. In order, in order to overcome the issues with their legs, in order to get help with their eyes. And it just struck me that there's no mom here for them. No mom comes to this place. And there's no father to come alongside these boys and tell them it's going to be okay. You've got somebody who's going to walk through this with you. There was just nothing there. And that kind of pain, when you see that, it marks you. And you remember that. And it doesn't leave the inside of you. And if that's how we feel about people that we don't even know, imagine how God feels about people that he's created when he sees them in pain. It moves his heart. And God sees pain. And he knows about it. And he's aware of everything there. See, pain is kind of a hard thing because we see it and we don't always have a box to put that in. We just don't always know what to do with that. Sometimes we see pain and it stops because we can leave all of that behind and we can go back to what is normal and comfortable for us and just move on with life. But that's not God. God sees. And whatever pain you have right now, whatever is right there in your mind, whatever is bugging you, whatever dark night of the soul that you're experiencing, just know that God sees that. And even beyond God seeing, God knows what to do about it. In our loneliness, brokenness, and emptiness, God sees. Here's observation number three. In my world of chaos... God rescues. And this is the best part of all. In my world of chaos, God actually rescues. So here's verse 6. It says, I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth, whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. And my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. 
Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. But I, here's what I'm going to do. I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise and I will fulfill all my vows for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. And it's almost an afterthought, but here's verse 10. Well, then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. And this is how we know God rescues. God rescues. He hears, he sees, but he takes another step. He actually rescues us even when we're lonely and broken and hurt. And it's almost like God looks at us and he says, I can do this. I can, I can, I can. I am just an I can God. I can. I want to think for just a few moments about some different people that God has actually said, I can to. Because we've got a great list in scripture. And you almost picture God sitting down and looking at people directly and saying, here's what I can do. Don't limit me. Don't box me in. Don't push me in a corner. Here's what I can do because I'm a God who rescues. Think about this to Adam, the first man. God said, I can make you. You don't even exist. Straight up, I can make you. You couldn't do this, but I can. To Noah, God said, I can help you survive a worldwide flood. To Moses, God said, I can use you to lead millions of people, even though you feel totally inadequate. To Abraham, God said, I can make of you a great nation that people will remember forever. To Isaac, God said, I can give you ridiculous faith. I mean, it'll just be ridiculous. To Hagar, a woman who was hated and sent away, God said, I see you and I hear your cries of pain. To Joshua, God said, you're not going to believe this, but I'm going to ask you to march around the city and you're just going to yell and you're going to shout and I'm going to make the walls fall down. That's what I can do for you. To Rahab, the prostitute, God said, I can forgive you and make you clean again. To Gideon, God said, I can take your timid life and I can turn you into an intrepid person. To Ruth, God said, I can give you a husband. To Hannah, God said, I can give you a son. To Matthew, God said, I can take your weird network of friends and I can help them do significant things. To Paul, God said, I can take your passion and I can make you into a world changer. To person after person throughout the pages of scripture, God says, I can, I can, I can. This is what I do to you, to you. What is God saying that I can do through and for you? Because God still does this. He's still an I can God. He rescues. So here's some takeaways for us. First of all, don't compare your insides with someone else's outsides. Just don't do it. If you're in a dark night of the soul and God feels very far from you, Don't compare what's happening on the inside of your life with what someone else is projecting on the outside of their life. But here's what that takes. It means we have to take a step. For Jonah, here's what that step looked like. Verse one, then Jonah prayed. Then Jonah prayed. That's the step he took and God is ready for us to take a step. The question is, what step will you take? 
What plan will you put in motion just to open your heart to God? Maybe that step is to pray like Jonah. Maybe that is a step of confession. There's something in your life that you're just kind of hanging on to and God wants you to give that up to him and you haven't done it yet. Maybe that step is confession. Maybe that step is inviting accountability into your life. Maybe that step is kicking yourself out of the driver's seat and placing God there because he's just better at it. Maybe that step is to dig deep into scripture for the answers to all of the pain in life instead of looking somewhere else. What intentional step can you take so that you are not comparing what's happening on the insides to what somebody else is projecting on the outside? Here's takeaway number two. Let God get your attention. Just let him do it. Let God get your attention. And I believe he's doing that for a lot of people right now in this moment. You know, for Jonah, the clue phone was ringing. And he kind of ran. He kind of ignored that. And he landed in a pretty weird spot. Is there a clue phone ringing in your life right now? That you're avoiding? And not answering? I mean, is that there? Because if you're empty or you find yourself in a lonely spot, or you're broken, or you're walking through a dark night of the soul, or you're inside of a fish, there's a better way to live. God, he hears, he sees, and he rescues. And he can bring order into our world of chaos. Father, we're so thankful for a few moments just to think about what happened to Jonah. God, this is an individual that you did some amazing things through. And there's something there that all of us can learn from. God, there are all moments in life where we need to be rescued, where the pain is too much and the loneliness is great. And we walk through these dark nights of the soul. Lots of questions. And God, we need to be rescued. And so I pray that you'd help us to look at what happened to Jonah and just know that you are a God who hears and sees and you do rescue. God, it does take a step on our part. So what is that step that you're looking for from us today? God, I pray that you'd help every single person here to identify that and to think about that now. I'd like for you just to keep your head bowed, your eyes closed for a moment. And for you just to think about what God might be saying to you right now. Because perhaps you're at a spot where you just need to be rescued. Lonely. It's dark. You're wandering. Whatever the case might be. I just want to encourage you to cry out to God. Because he hears, he sees, and he will rescue. And maybe this is the step that you need to take right here just to acknowledge that and get real with him right now. Maybe you're here and you've never trusted in Christ alone before. Maybe you're getting for the very first time that there is a God who does this for people. And he'll hear your cry 
He'll see you right here and he'll rescue you. He'll give you the gift of a forever friend in Jesus. And maybe you're ready to embrace that. And you've been trying to figure God out, trying to figure Jesus out. And maybe now it's just time to trust because of what he's done. I encourage you from your heart to God's ears, just say, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I just know it. And I know that you came to rescue me. And so right now I ask for your forgiveness. And I ask for your leadership. And I trust in you alone to save me. Whether you're just getting real with God and what's happening with him and reconnecting with him after a dry spell or maybe you've cried out to him for the very first time and embraced his forever friendship that he offers to you, this gift. I just want to encourage everyone as you walk out in a moment, don't forget, don't forget what God has done for you and how he hears, he sees and he rescues and may this day be a defining day for you where you perhaps get on a whole new path and journey. One that goes with God, not on your own, but with him. And so God, we just come to you again. We are so thankful that in our weakness, you are so strong so strong and you pick us up and you use us. And God, I believe you're doing great things with people today. You are rescuing people. God, continue to speak to us and challenge us. Move us, we do pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.